is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is The Big Show. Hans Olsen sitting in for Jake Scott today. And that's Austin Horton over there. Hans, I'm glad we have you on here today from this perspective. I mean, nobody knows more football around here than you do. And we have the Super Bowl coming up. And we've talked a lot. This week has been kind of strange mm-hmm. from a standpoint that early in the week, you know, the Kobe Bryant news was absolutely dominating everything. And we've talked a lot of jazz. Haven't really gotten a chance to turn to the Super Bowl as much as we normally would. But you mentioned... Uh, to me, this game comes down to, and there's a whole bunch of stuff, I get it, but the most interesting aspect to it is that Chiefs offense versus the Niners defense. Mm-hmm. But then, as I was doing research on this game, I saw, did you know that the Niners offense actually outscored the Chiefs offense this last year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they do it a different way. They do it the, the throwback, kind of physical way. Yeah. And uh, and I think the only team that outrushed the Niners this year was the Ravens. Of course, they had Lamar doing a uh, lion's share of that damage. But uh, so both teams have potent offenses, if that's the way you want to do it, look at it. But what do you think is going to happen here? Well, I love the Niners' defense. It's the way they the, the style that they play with shut down, hard press corner, and extremely good rushing on the bookends is the way I would build my defense. You know, in the NFL, if I was going to design a defense in the NFL, it'd be slightly different than the way I would design a defense in college football. In the NFL, right now, you have to have one of the best corners in the world in order to have one of the best defenses in the world because he's going to have to man up against some amazing talent. And so I'm, I'm looking for an amazing corner. And secondly, I'm going right to my rush ends. I've got to find two defensive ends that can rush because the game has really moved into a passing set. And and I'm a big believer of stopping the run. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge believer of stopping the run. But if you watch the way San Francisco runs their defense, they're number one in the NFL in stopping the pass, and I think they're number like eight or nine in stopping the run. They want to stop the pass because that's where the league has gone to. And when you look at Patrick Mahomes and what he's going to attempt to do at the Chiefs, he's going to try to force it down the field. When they get clicking, now they've got a running back that can definitely move. There's no question about it. Damian Williams is a beast. Mm-hmm. But when Kansas City gets moving, when you saw him put what was it, 50 points on the board basically in two quarters and two minutes, somewhere in there, it's, it's through the air. And I think that San Francisco's defense matches up really well with that. Now, I still expect Kansas City to score, but, man, I love what they do. And when you watch Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa work in tandem off bookends, it's as, it's as pretty as it can get with two rush-ins. So what do the Chiefs do to slow that down so that Mahomes doesn't end up uh, getting sent into the uh, the locker room for treatment? Well, for, well, first things first, I try to force through the B-gaps. So as they're rushing the edges and they're coming out a little bit wider, I'm actually trying to slam down on my, my two technique or my three technique. Explain to the, our listeners who don't know what that means what, what, in layman's terms. What... Um, okay, so a two, a two technique would be a defensive tackle head up a guard. A three technique would be a defensive tackle on the outside shoulder of a guard. And where you've got two defensive ends like Armstead and Bosa that rush wide, what I would do is try to slam down on a guard, 
let him rush wide, take himself kind of out of it, and then run the ball almost. You know, you watch the shovel passes that yeah. are a little bit delayed, but back underneath in between the tackles. That's some of the run game that I would want. If you can kind of envision a run game between the guard and the tackle and allowing some of those defensive ends to work wide. Now, that's a, that's a simplification of what you would want to do offensively, but in order to slow them down with their speed rush that they're so good at on the outsides, in third and six or third and seven in passing downs, I'm going to run some of those draw looks and shovel pass looks into the B-gap to force those guys to collapse down more and not have as much of a free rush. So that's one way. The other way is some interior screen game or, or some quick jailbreak screen game. I, I can try to negate some of their speed rush. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to throw away from Sherman as much as I can, but then I'm gonna work areas in that I could take advantage of of him. Uh, you go back to that. What was it? Was it Patriots Seahawks when Sherman when they when they instead of running beast mode they they threw it and you remember Richard Sherman in that game had some bad moments. Yeah. You know there there are times where teams can attack him if they can figure out the way to attack him, but he's been he's been impeccable this year. It's been so, incredible. So if the Chiefs' offense can somehow make the Niner defense stop and think for a nanosecond, is that enough to take advantage of it? Oh man, that's tough because you've got really good cleanup artists. Um, you got guys. You know, you're talking about Rudy's defense and and the way he can come and help defense, and that's really what those 49ers linebackers are. That's what Fred Warner is. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the guy that can clean things up and. He's really good in scrape mode and and uh, in in catching up with a bit of a delay. It's a little bit different, um, obviously. Football defense as compared to basketball defense, you've got a little bit more room for cleanup. And I think that the 49ers should be able to do that well. You know, I think where the Chiefs have an advantage, of course, on the opposite end from Richard Sherman, that corner's given up f- five touchdowns through the postseason so far. So you throw away from Sherman, you might you might find a little bit of luck. And then, obviously, these are two of the best tight ends, not only in the NFL, but these are two of the best tight ends on, on two of the best runs in Kelsey and Kittle that I've watched in the NFL in a long time. Yeah, they're making tight, tight ends sort of the cool position these days. They, it, it's so unique, and it's fun to watch like Brant Keithy and the way that Utah uses Brant Keithy or, or, or Fotheringham to a certain extent. Fotheringham doesn't have the – the, the, the fly sweep ability or, or some of the deep seam route ability. But I, I, it really what Utah was doing with Keithy is a lot what you're seeing Andy Reid do with um, a guy like Kelsey. So I, I do. I love that usage for tight end. And I think that that's going to continue to grow in popularity. Could you have played tight end? No, because I liked food too much, and <laughs> I couldn't have got myself on it. Yeah, I, but the way you are now, the way you look now, you look you look kind of oh, like a no. I'm still too, I'm still two seventy five. Are you? Yeah, and I, I would need to be down into the two forty fives to be the type of mobile receiving quick cut tight end. I talked to my uncle Phil Olson, who was the number two overall draft pick in the NFL draft behind Terry Bradshaw, and I talked to Phil. And he said in today's world he'd be a tight end, no question. Mm-hmm. And he was a defensive tackle. And he felt like Merlin Olsen would maybe be a, a tight end type in, in today's game. Like if you look at the way Merlin played in that interior, he was extremely tall, but he was really lean. 
and he probably could have been a nice outside tight end look. All right, coming up next, I'm going to ask Hans, I want you to think about this. What if the Chiefs can slow down the Niners' rush attack? I mean, what if they can slow down that ground game? Is Jimmy Garoppolo, can can they depend on him to find a way to win the game? Now that's, if it must be. Now that's the million-dollar question. Yeah. That's well, the million-dollar question. We'll talk about that coming up next, but Hans, uh, the good doctor is here. Yeah, and you know we've talked to Dr. Bill Simikoski a few times from Utah Stem Cells, and you know you always have great insight, Dr. Simikoski, but the one thing I love is that you're helping our listeners find that confidence to get back on the bike, get back on the road, get the running shoes going again, get back under a bench press, right. and, and, and get back to that active life. That That's one of the scary things as you get older is, man, am I going to lose it? Well, the, the <laughs> funny thing is my greatest thrill is just keeping people in that 35 to 60-year-old range where, there's, where certain ailments are starting to keep uh, crop up and bother them and keeping them enjoying things that they enjoy doing, not making them quit skiing or tennis or these other things. Um, that's really my greatest thrill. That's why I got, that's why I transitioned out of emergency medicine and started doing these regenerative therapies. But it's, but it's also very rewarding when you've got an 80 year old lady, 90 year old, uh, any age and they're older and they're living with pain. They don't really care about playing sports. They don't care about skiing anymore. They just want to go to the park and be able to walk around with their grandchildren or not just be in so much pain and be able to get out of their wheelchair or stop using a cane. And those patients, they're not good candidates for prosthetic replacements. Um, and they're not good surgical candidates. Some people are obese, have diabetes. These treatments are perfect for them. And I can't tell you how many patients that I've treated that came in around 45, 55 because of some knee pain or some other issue, shoulder problems. And then they're like, hey, can this help my parent? And so I get a lot of family referrals. They think they remember mom and dad don't need to be living with their pain also. So that's also important. I mean, I, don't, I talk a lot about sports because we're on a sports program. A lot of, obviously, a lot of your, your listeners are, are sports aficionados just like me. But yeah, it helps people of any age. Go to utahstemcells.com. You call within the next 24 hours, and Dr. Simikoski is going to give you $200 off your your first stem cell treatment. That's utahstemcells.com. What does a typical patient look like that comes into your clinic? You know, all ages. So I, I, teach, I treat teenagers that are having trouble recovering from sprained ankles and other things that are just bothering them. Some people have juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, things like that. People get pain in their, in their teenage years. I see a lot of college, college athletes, high-level athletes that are trying to get back to the playing field. Maybe it's the off-season. They're trying to recover from injuries. Um, I but I would say the meat of my order, the meat of the uh, patients are usually about 35 to 65 because that's when people are saying, hey, I don't want to have to give up stuff. Um, and then it's just, again, people of any age. But the other thing that we should talk more about is not just that we can do joint treatments in, uh, with stem cells that work fantastic, but we also do bioidentical hormones. We do other things, nutritional therapies that can help you feel young, too. Um, you know, a big reason why people have trouble losing fat when they get older or putting on lean muscle is because it's hormone related. If we can get your hormones back in balance, and uh, we're talking about testosterone mainly and also human growth hormone, it, you know, you'd, you'd be living under a rock if you didn't know in today's world how beneficial human growth hormone and testosterone can be. These things are, 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 th- are items that are, um, are treatments that 
everyone should be on past the age of 30 just because of the health benefits that come with them. They lower blood pressure, they lower cholesterol, help with insulin resistance and bone strength. But you don't feel any of that. So what do you feel? You feel increased strength, energy, sharper thinking, um, quicker recovery times, less aches and pains. So you really can feel like if you're if you're 55 and 65 and you feel like you're feeling 55 and 65 and you want to feel 25 and 30 again, bioidentical hormones and these work great with stem cell treatments. So we're a true anti-aging clinic. People come in for one thing, they learn about something else, and they're like, wow, this is great. It can make you look good and feel good. UtahStemCells.com, again, 24 hours, get the $200 off. You call within the next two, 20, 24 hours, that's $200 off that, that, um, that service. Doctor, thank you so much. So much. Thank you very much, Hans. Mm-hmm. And one other thing that people can do is pound 250 keyword stem cells on their cell phone. Okay. That's another way of getting getting in touch with us. Pound, That's not too, pound 250. Pound 250 on their, uh, on their cell phones and then keyword stem cells, and then they'll find me. All right. Super thank Bowl you. talk coming up next. Uh, Doc, by the way, can, uh, can you do something to help me help my brain? The, that's uh, bioidentical hormones is great for that, and mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about IV stem cell therapy on our next segment. Also, believe it or not, we treat traumatic brain injury, cerebral palsy, dementia, and we all get a little bit of dementia as we age. Gordon, yours is I, not that advanced I, I, yet. I, I, <laughs> you got some. Time. I was kind of joking, but maybe not. All right, <laughs> stay with us. Yeah. This music video is provocative. Yeah, I've never seen seen it. It's provocative. In what way? Describe that for us. Partial nudity. What? In in waiting for tonight? Yeah, have you seen this music video? I'm about to. Shows a lot of, (laughs) a lot of, an excess of skin. That bothers you? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I didn't watch MTV for the the clothes. For the fashions. Or the music. <laughs> or, or the music. No, I did. I, I loved MTV. I listened to it. For the music. Gordon, I'm just reading your piece here, man. What are you trying to do? Get everybody crying over here? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that at some point, Hans. Uh, maybe after you're done reading it. Did this you... thing is great, man. Thanks, man. I wrote uh, about being a girl dad. Mm-hmm. Kobe uh, has sort of sparked that. I think it's a positive thing to talk about. So if you if you have uh, daughters, or if you don't have daughters, go to sltrib.com and read that and see what you think. It's not, I'm not stirring anything up or anything. It's just uh, something to think about and to appreciate, I guess. Well, let me tell you this, and I know you've multi- mentioned it a thousand times on your show, but I've been on the business end of... One of your daughter's amazing talents in tennis, and look, it wasn't uh, that wasn't holding her back being a twelve-year-old girl. <laughs> uh, okay, since you brought that up, Hans, and we'll get to the Super Bowl in a second. But uh, what was it like getting beat by a twelve-year-old? Okay, uh, so uh, it was six zero six zero in that match, and I'll never forget uh, when Jake went out to warm uh, my daughter up. Kevin Graham, we were on the call yeah. for your match, and Kevin turned to me, and after he watched Sid hit a few balls, he turned to me and said, Hans is in trouble. 
Well, for those of you that don't know, I, I played Gordon's 12-year-old daughter in a game of tennis. And a, a little told story about what happened. I actually <laughs> Did you se- pull a hammy? severely pulled my hamstring <laughs> in, the, in the first set. Man Crush immediately ran out with some liniments and oils and <laughs> tried to rub out said pull. And it, it just can you, can you rub out a pool? No, okay. and, I, and that's what I was telling him. I told him it's torn. You can't rub out a tear. And I tried to fight through it. What, but, was, what was the score when uh, when said uh, tear happened? Oh, I can't. I can't recall. Was it six love? <laughs> I'm sure it's pretty bad. <laughs> you know, more this you has get... been ten years of Gordon rubbing this in my face. No, ten more, years. more than that. Was it ten, only 10 years? It's it, No, it's longer than that. I think it's like 12 years. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Time's going by. It was before oh, I was ever in radio. Oh, and I'm going gosh. on 11 it, years here. Some of our listeners may not know this story, but I had written something. I, I really don't talk. I try not to talk about my daughters too much on the air because it sounds self-serving and whatnot. But I am proud of them and what they've accomplished. But I did write something about women's tennis once uh, because I, that's one of the sports my daughters had played and what happened hans read it and sort of uh what'd you do hans i don't remember what well, I did. on the air you said ah women's tennis come on oh no those women can't oh, really that, play this okay is, this that is, okay this is before yeah. your daughters yeah. were of of the yeah. age to play uh serious sports okay i'm recalling yes and so then i called in and said all right hans i am not going to challenge you to a match with my daughter who at that time was playing for the university of utah because then you would have been dead meat yeah so i said you probably wouldn't have been able to return a serve why don't you play my 12 year old daughter and so we set this whole thing up at Eccles Tennis Center. Austin, I was there's, I like, was, there's like 500 people who show up for this thing. I was and less than a year out of retirement. Like I had just, I was 320 so you were a peak pounds. Athlete. Oh, I was 320 pounds of moose, like, <laughs> like of buffalo, <laughs> like raging buffalo anger. <laughs> and you, you put a tennis racket in my hand, and I'm just thinking, ah. Oh, 12 year old looked like, looked like a yogurt spoon in his hand there. <laughs> what, what did you, you know, you went and got, <laughs> you got some training, right? Didn't you take some lessons? Yeah, I did. I, uh, there was a, a guy in, uh, in, uh, oh, I guess he was up in, uh, uh, American Fork, I think it was. And yeah, he, he put me through like four or five lessons. How bad, how badly did you lose? Six lessons. Uh, it was close. Loads. It was really close. So did this guy like, disavow that he ever knew you he walked out after like <laughs> the second set he's like i'm gonna teach golf <laughs> he, he walked in then he asked me never to mention his name <laughs> he said i need a i need a better pupil now hitch you were a fine athlete so we thought maybe you might be able to come around a little bit but these was it six oh i, I it won a set love, didn't i love. No, you didn't win a single game <sighs> wow I thought I did. You didn't win a single game. Well, I gotta Is go there video? To, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. Oh, I want I, it. I didn't take video of that, but uh, we should. Why? Uh, well, I, I, was, I was on the uh, call. Well, I'm glad there's no it. video because I already have to live through it every time I'm listening to Gordon talk about it. It's brutal. <laughs> I don't talk about it that much. It was a 12-year-old girl. I was just beat to trash. You know what? Dang it. <laughs> I'm going to put you on a volleyball court versus my 14-year-old. No, I see, here's the difference. I appreciate what those kids can do. You didn't. Wow. 
You've learned. I was making thousands and thousands of dollars playing football. Okay, Mitt. I, I, have, I have no doubt that your Notice four, I didn't say millions. 14-year-old daughter, <laughs> because I had a daughter who played volleyball as well, and uh, forget it. I mean, they are fine athletes. There's oh, no doubt. My girls. I'm so proud that. of my girls. I'm proud of your girls. Yeah, it's... Anyway, if you get a chance to read it, uh, you can. If you have a, if you have daughters, I think you might appreciate it. If you don't, maybe you should. You'll read still it appreciate too. it. Yeah, if you have sons, hence you have one son and three girls, mm-hmm. uh, so you know what it's like to sort of manage both, and it's very rewarding, is it not? Well, I think that that one of the things that we've taken out of this Kobe tragedy is this: it's the girl dad, and, and he was asked. Uh, how he felt like when he and he said, "Give me ten more." Yeah, love like, I love being a girl dad. I, I he he loved his girls, and mm-hmm. I think he was set and ready to blow women's basketball into the stratosphere with his girls. He would take it to the furthest extent. And let me tell you, that little Gigi grows up and she becomes something special in the world of women's basketball. And you're darn right that thing would have been put more front and center. He, he said that she was more advanced than he was mm-hmm. at that age. That's quite a statement. Anyway, all right, we got the Not Sports Report coming up next. I know Hans loves that, <laughs> even though our, my producer over here, he, he... I love the Not Sports Report. You know we'll, uh, we'll get to that coming up next. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. This is the big show. It's time. It's the highlight of the day, actually. You know, almost everybody believes that. Nobody. Everybody. I love the Not Sports Report, man. Let's spread our wings. Let's go. See, this is the negativity I deal with every day. <laughs> I, know. You know, but you're, Who, but you're right. a soldier on. You fight through it. Yeah. What weird thing happened in Florida today, Gordon? More iguanas freeze. You want to tell the good people who uh, who sponsors the non-sports report? Hans's people, Hans? LHM Used Car Supermarket. That is my guys, man. Travis Johnson and Doug and Mike down at the Sandy location. And Ephraim off 90th South. I love all you boys. You're my family. That's why you go buy from Larry Schmill Used Car Supermarket. Okay, a couple things real quick here. The first one is, did you see the story that PETA has written to Puxatawney suggesting that they use a robotic groundhog? Oh, why? He's not mistreated. I guess they're afraid of humans, and it <laughs> frightens them. <laughs> what? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm an animal lover. I love animals. But I think Puxatani Phil is okay. Yeah. He's pretty used to being handled, isn't he? I thought he was of like all a, the groundhogs on this planet, isn't the one you, that's who you'd want to be, is it not? Yeah. Do like, they dress him up? Sure, but they feed him, and he, <laughs> there's no wolverines after him. I think they do put a top hat on him, but I think he's groomed pretty well. It's not like those pigeons that are flying around with sombreros and cowboy hats. I mean, it's <laughs> seems like it's a pretty... <laughs> Did you see the ones with sombreros that showed up in Reno? No. So, you know, you had the pigeons in... in Vegas that had the cowboy they're hats gluing glued. them on their head. You know? Oh yeah! Now they're showing up in Reno with sombreros, and they can't figure out who's gluing the sombreros to the pigeons. Anyways, 
Punxsutawney's a cool. He's a cool little groundhog. Yeah, I thought he had. He had. He had, was living a good life. Well, I don't want a robotic groundhog because then you don't get the the natural intuition of the yes. groundhog to come out of its hole Indeed. and let you know the extent of spring or summer. Does it smell better though? Does the winter. fact that PETA is getting so protection oriented with uh, certain animals as as a kid who grew up in Weezer, Idaho, is yeah. that is that hard for you to adjust to? Uh, a little bit. How does groundhog taste? I didn't. <laughs> I've never had groundhog. I'd, I'd imagine it's somewhere mixed between gopher and Squirrel? rock chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you've had gopher and rock chuck. Have you, uh, did you griddle them up on the engine block? Or? Oh, man. Could you imagine? Uh, one of my buddies put a dead rabbit on my engine block. That was a lot of fun. That was stinky. About a weekend, and I couldn't figure out what well, was going on. Well, did he tape it on? This reminds me of a, of a joke. So there was a, a man oh, on the beach who shot a seagull. I know this joke. And was eating the seagull on the beach, and mm-hmm. the officer came over and arrested him. And said, that's illegal. You can't eat seagulls. And he said, but you know, just for the sake of conversation, what does it taste like? And he said, well, it's kind of between a spotted owl and a bald eagle. You stole that joke from me, Hans. No, I didn't. Or yeah, Satan. No, there's no you way stole, I stole that, stole joke, that from joke from me. I've been telling that joke for 20 years. I've never heard you tell that joke. I've heard it every hour for the last <laughs> eight years. What are you talking about? The real version is he gets hauled in in front of the judge. And the judge yeah, says, it's longer. Before, we got it. Before we no, get started here, tighten it up. come on. <laughs> <laughs> tighten it up. Not, not. Pa- this is this is Gandalf. You shall not pass. <laughs> All right, Hans. We have the good doctor here. Yeah, Doctor Bill Simikowski. I enjoyed the joke constantly. Yeah. You, told it. Uh, you know what? I tried. Nice and tight. I came. I came hard with it. But Doctor Bill Simikowski from Utah Stem Cells at utahstemcells.com hanging out with us today, and you know we've had we've thrown a lot of different questions at you, but I. I want you to tell the listeners why they should look into stem cell research and why, not only that, but why they should use Utah stem cells. Great question. I like that. Well, you know, we didn't talk too much today about how stem cells work. We didn't get into the minutia. Just briefly, I will just mention that stem cells are the building blocks of your body. So when you have an injury, your body tries to heal it with stem cells. You have stem cells in your body right now that their sole purpose is waiting for a sprained ankle or a liver problem or a heart problem or you cut your skin. Stem cells will migrate to the site of injury and turn into whatever cell the body needs it to become. So um, Gordon made a little joke at the end of the last segment about, you know, can it help my, my thinking? Well, the reality is that stroke victims right now Stem cells are fantastic to help with stroke victims, cerebral palsy, traumatic brain injury. We're finding new and new uses of stem cell therapies to treat many different parts of the body every day, and there's thousands of ongoing clinical studies. Just to give you a little bit of background, how I got into doing other regenerative treatments, it all started with orthopedics with me. I was trying to just find a solution to keep myself skiing and playing tennis and all the things I like to do. But... Patients used to ask me, can you treat my multiple sclerosis? Can you treat my Parkinson's? Can you treat my autism? And um, the, the reality is I didn't know. I said, well, let me do the research first. I, I, I don't want to take anybody's money, give, them, give you a false hope. I don't want to do anything that could potentially could be unsafe. But I did the research. I was kind of, my hands were forced. I have two children, two young children who are both autistic. I have a father with dementia. I had uh, a patient that I treated his shoulders, had great results, but he was dying of COPD. So he kept begging me, Bill, when are you going to bring in IV stem cell treatments to your, to your clinic? Well, I said, you know, I ha- there's a doctor I can send you to in Arizona, a very good doctor that does it. 
uh, why don't you go down there? And he said, no, I'll wait for you till you're ready. You're my doctor. I trust you. So anyways, long story short, I did the research. uh, Anybody that comes in for any of these medical conditions, we show them, here are the available studies. And to be honest with you, most of the studies on the different things that we can treat have shown significant improvement. And, uh, and same thing with autism. There's, Duke University had a very big uh, study recently that showed that it works for autism. I've treated both of my children. I've treated my dad with dementia with good results. We've since treated many other people. We, the one thing that I would like to point out is when you're looking for a stem cell clinic or regenerative clinic, you want to go to a dedicated specialist. A lot of um, I'm glad that chiropractor clinics, acupuncturist clinics, family practice doctors, doc, you know, doctors that do a little bit of everything or, 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 or these other uh, types of uh, medical practitioners, I'm glad that they're getting the word out and offering these treatments because they work. You know, they work for many things. We can treat hair. We can help you regrow your hair. We can treat with performance issues in the bedroom. Lots of different things. But what you should really look for is someone who's dedicated, well-trained, has the experience, and isn't price gouging you. We charge, we're a family-run business. We like to charge a very fair price. We actually charge less than all my competitors Mm -hmm. on everything. We use the latest state-of-the-art technology. I've dedicated my career to this field. So we don't take shortcuts in buying the ancillary uh, devices that can help augment our procedures. We use the very, very best, highest quality things. And so I would just implore your listeners to think about all the different things that we can treat. Go to our website. Maybe you don't even realize that we can treat it. And if, certainly if you have a medical condition that might benefit from IV stem cell treatments, things like multiple, multiple sclerosis, the, the brain injury things, autism, definitely look into it. Look, do your own research for yourself. And it doesn't cure these diseases. I want to make that clear. It helps with the symptoms and the ailments associated with these diseases. And it's, it's very, very useful. I would encourage your patients to look, uh, your listeners to look into this. Go to utahstemcells.com. Let them know that you listen to The Big Show. And Dr. Simikoski is offering $200 off your stem cell treatment. That's utahstemcells.com. $200 off within the next 24 hours. utahstemcells.com. Thank you, Dr. Simkowski. Thank you, Hans and Gordon. All right, coming up next, more Super Bowl and jazz talk with me and Hans and Austin right here on The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The big show it is. Hans Olsen sitting in for Jake Scott. Austin is here as well. How you holding up, uh, Hans, doing two shows? Today? Doing great, man. I love sitting in with you, Gordon. You know that. I love it. I, Jake called and said, could you do it? I'm like, yeah, man. I love being in, in studio with with you. I always have. How's, uh, how's Hans and Scotty's show doing? I think we're doing well. Uh, Scotty had some bumps in the road on his way back from Wyoming in we were all a little bit nervous about his ability to get back. They, they hit the storm on those 80. You know, headed out through Wyoming. Oh, man. On that 80, it can get horrible. I got caught up in a storm there once, Hans, coming yeah. back from Laramie. It took me almost 14 hours to drive what normally would take, what, five and a half? Five, yeah, close to five, five and a half. Uh, and he, he left at like 4.30 this morning, and he pulled into the show at 12.45. And he was doing everything he could, but just bad traffic what's the best thing about doing a show with scotty oh his commitment i think he's just a you know he's overly committed 
you know, think about that. The guy who's calling the Utah State-Wyoming game that tips off at 9 p.m. He was back in his room, finally fell asleep around 2 a.m., woke up at 4.30 a.m., doesn't take the charter flight or the team flight because it wouldn't get back in time. So he drove down in order to drive back to be available available for today's show. So, you know, Scotty, he's just a good old farming guy that he's going to wake up and <clears throat> he's going to do his job no matter what. <laughs> Now that does leave you with some issues. He's has zero sympathy for <laughs> any would, element. Would, would you have any oh, kind yeah. of issue that needs to be handled? Is yeah. get your sorry butt in here? Oh yeah, it's like why, ruthless. Yeah. So, but but I do. I love that. And then you know he's quick wit. Oh yeah. N- nobody beats his quick I, wit. I never pick between guys because I've had so many partners through the years. Yeah. It's like picking your children. Oh, yeah. I can't, but Scotty was always a pleasure to do a show with, and you guys have really good chemistry. Uh, we have fun, man. <laughs> he does know how to push your buttons. Yeah, he does. And he's, have you ever he's really, quick with no, the shots. There are times, Hans, when you get kind of fired up. Um, have you ever... Have you ever been tempted to reach over and just slap him upside I, the head? I think I've hit him twice. <laughs> and within the first month, we had a, a kind of a wrestling back and forth in here, and we nearly went through the, the window. <laughs> and oh, man, the show so, would have been over. <laughs> we kind of talked about maybe not tussling near the windows, but uh, yeah, he, he could definitely he could kick it up a notch. And you know Scotty, like Scotty, you'll say something kind of fun loving to Scotty uh-huh. and then he'll just cut your throat. He'll just <laughs> Whoa! Well, the Olsen name sucks and you're horrible. Oh, he and goes he, straight to the, oh, uh, he'll the just, dagger. Oh, he'll just cut you. He'll just shove a knife right into your heart. And and so you always got to be on uh, full alert to not upset him because you know you're going to get cut. Scotty, now, Hans, we always say that you're the strongest man alive uh, or close to it. Uh, Scotty, underrated strength, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, he is, man. He is. I, I mean, he can pack a, a load there, you yeah, know? Yeah, I've seen him tussle. It's. What do you think about Roger French shifting him from running back to offensive line? Well, I think Roger had his you know, best intentions in mind. I, I think that he saw Scotty as a center slash guard combo and <laughs> and Scotty saw himself as Mike Allstott. And <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> and and Roger was like, Yeah, we're not we're not Mike Allstott here. So I I think he was just trying to get him into a position where maybe he could really blow up and and have a lifelong career in, in this sport. I, I, I think he had good intentions. All right. So he didn't mean to just embarrass. No. And that's one of my favorite stories because Scotty just wanted to take his money and go home. <laughs> he tell, wanted his money tell back. The whole, tell well, the whole Scotty story. worked his, his butt off all summer on the farm and on the ranch in an effort to make money to go to BYU's football camp. And Scotty had these dreams of being a power fullback. You know, he wanted to be a power fullback or use that H back, and he wanted to run the rock. And he had these these aspirations of that's me, that's who I am. And then he goes to BYU's camp, he pays his money, yeah. he writes fullback on the position form, and day one, Roger French apparently pulls him over and said, "Hey, hey, where are you going?" He said, "I'm going with the fullbacks." He says, "No." You're going to stay here with the offensive line. And let me tell you, I'd rather be anywhere than with Roger French in offensive line drills 
in a summer camp. I know him well, and I knew him well. And he is not a lot of fun. He's not good laughs and a lot of fun. I had the pleasure of playing a round of golf with Roger once. Oh, did you? Yeah, and uh, there was a, a particular, I won't say his name because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but uh, there was a, you'll probably recall it, there was a an offensive lineman at uh, BYU who was drafted by the Raiders but yeah. did not want to play yeah. because he, professional football, because he, he didn't want to play on Sunday. Yeah. He was. I know that he, player well. Yeah, you know. Well, I was uh, playing golf with Roger Prince once, and I said, what do you think about Player X deciding uh, not to, you know, he's drafted, you know, about not choosing not to play football on Sunday. And this is classic Roger French. He turned to me and said, I had a hard enough time getting him to play on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is Roger French not Jerry Sloan, but as an offensive line coach? (laughs) He was remarkable. Yeah, he I was. Mean, what a guy. But you're right. I'm not sure that a summer, <laughs> yeah. a buzzard hot nah. August day would be that our July day would be a, a, a pleasant time. Plus, you know what? Let let Gerard be what he wants to be. You know? He, <laughs> well, I, he way, identifies a, as a fullback. In a way, it was a compliment, though, because Roger was coaching up the offensive linemen. So he wanted, he thought that maybe Scotty had some potential right where under his wing. Darn right he did. He saw it and he wanted to develop it. And Scotty just wanted his 320 bucks back to go home. <laughs> he called his mom. I think he called his mom. And I come home. And she's like, what? <laughs> I can't remember if he called his mom, but he, he was really upset that they were transitioning him into an offensive lineman. All right. Before we turn to the Super Bowl, real quick here, Hans, can you tell an embarrassing story about Scotty? What, what, is, what do you know about him that would – that you can say on the air that would uh, that would you know fire him up a little. Oh man, you got anything? No, I'm not you doing can't it. Do it. No, I'm not doing it. Uh, because Scotty and I are very close personal friends. Like I'd say, I'm I'm more close with him than I've ever been with anybody on on radio. You know, we talk every day after the show and we're always bouncing ideas as dads, as husbands, as sons off each other like how do you handle this and what do you do here and and so it's all I just yeah I just know I know too much I know the fact that you guys are close because I happened to be in the car with Scotty when we were driving up to <laughs> Boise for a BYU Boise State game and you placed a couple calls to him while we were in route and let's just say the topics got well covered all kinds of bases sultry uh so Scott and I have a real tendency to try to make each other laugh. And so we will say things that are off color and off the wall in an effort to get a laugh. And I didn't get a laugh. I just got awkward silence in the car. I remember because a couple things you said, well, let's just say, well, I don't want to say it, but maybe I will say it that maybe the honor code office may have wanted to give you another call. (laughs) Uh, that wouldn't. That's that's no change. I'm not going to say anything about your upbringing in Weezer because I don't want to get beat up. Yeah, so play it we'll safe. We'll just leave that alone. Play it safe. I just got some chocolate in me, so I'm looking for a fight. <laughs> Did the chocolate have that effect on you? It does, man. Well, it just fires you up. Did you see how many of these Ma- Maona Loa, the milk chocolate coconut macadamia? Did you feel how many of those I ate? Yeah, I think oh, it was wow. full. That it, thing was full. 
I bet, I bet I ate 65 of those. I brought these from Hawaii for Austin, but his parents brought some for him, too, so he was sharing them with... They're good, aren't they? Yeah, they're delicious. Go ahead and polish that whole thing. <laughs> I will. Might as well. All right. We were talking earlier about the Super Bowl and the matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers. The Chiefs want to throw the ball around the yard. The Niners, uh, sort of a throwback, physical kind of offensive attack. What happened? Now, the Chiefs have taken a lot of heat for their defense, but most of their defensive problems, Hans, as you know, came earlier in the year. Over the last six games, they seem to be playing better. If the Chiefs are successful in slowing down the Niners' run game, what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo? Man, that's such a great question. And, you know, I think that the Vikings did everything they could to slow down that um, to slow down that run game. And Minnesota's good in run stop. And they held San Francisco to 186 yards rushing. Tevin Coleman had 22 carries for 105 yards. And there was some responsibility put into Garoppolo's hands to complete some third down passes and get some, get some momentum going. And he was able to convert just enough. And he's, he does have some really good receivers that he can move the ball to. You know, Kittle, I think Kittle really being the exceptional mismatch for everybody out there. But um, the question, I think that the question is a good one. And, and I think the base of the question is, if you force Jimmy Garoppolo to win it, can he? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That is the question. Because However, that's what that's what Kansas City's thinking. Right. And, and everyone's thinking that. But I looked it up. Do you know that the, the Niners are 7-1 in games in which Garoppolo threw for 250 or more yards? 7-1? Yeah. And they're 3-1 in games when he threw more than 35 passes. So, somehow, Gordon, he has formed a confidence in and a belief in his ability to win a game. And when you win a division, a divisional title, and when you win a conference title, that tells me that you've got belief in your ability to win a game. And I, and I'm obviously, I'm picking the 49ers to win. So I'm putting quite a bit of weight into believing that Jimmy Garoppolo can handle the moment, and that he can drop the pass under pressure, and that he can make the right decisions, whether it's to take the sack, to run out of bounds to get down, not take the hit, to drop it off, to flick it if he's on the run and has to dish it. And I've got a pretty solid belief that he can get it done on Sunday. Hmm. Now, if you ask me who I trust more, well, I think we all trust one quarterback more than the other in this game. But I believe that Garoppolo's got the defense on the other side of him, His that 49ers defense, and I think he's got the tools, the weapons. And all he has to do is just don't lose it. I don't know if Garoppolo has to win it. Just don't don't lose it. And Mahomes may have to win it. Yeah, and he's certainly got the capability of doing that. But against that defense, I, I don't know. He's going to take some hits. Yeah, and the, that's what they're aiming to do. Yeah, the 49ers, they're, they want to hit him. And they're they're going to find ways, even if it's even if he's trying to slide, and you're looking at a 15 yarder, you're going to take some hits in this game. Real quick on the quarterback situation, how big a believer are you, Hans, in the transmission of knowledge and of poise 
from Tom Brady to Garoppolo. Do you are 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 you keen on that? When you were coming up with the Colts, mm-hmm. were you soaking up? Were you a sponge soaking up information from guys around you? And of course, Tom Brady. Is there a better guy that to take knowledge from than him? A hundred percent. Work. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you can be around amazing talent and you know you you can stay and you have the time and you can stick around long enough to listen and absorb you can really take some valuable characteristics from those individuals and that's why that's why we've seen great players follow great players steve young following you know maybe one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game in joe montana and and having a seamless transition there um, watching Brett Favre kind of raise and, and culture a young Aaron Rodgers and him carrying on that beautiful legacy and tradition and in, in doing that. And Garoppolo didn't do it on the same team, but Garoppolo did it at a young age, and it looks like he paid a lot of attention to some of Tom Brady's tendencies. Real quick, Hans, what are you looking for with the Jazz tonight against the Spurs? I, I wanna, I'm just continuing to watch the Mike Conley experiment. You know, and it's the closing minutes. I'm not worried about starting. I'm not worried about three quarters and even three quarters and eight minutes. I'm worried about the final two, maybe three minutes when the ball has to be in Donovan Mitchell's hand and you've got Mike Conley that I don't know if he's an asset if he's off ball offensively. You know, so when you've got a Donovan Mitchell that's controlling the ball, well, then what do you do with Mike? Yeah. What is what does he become? Because if he can't manage the ball in pick and roll and he can't manipulate the offense with the ball in his hand, well, he's not a post-up shooter. All he's I'm, not fine a position. So how do you use Mike Conley in the closing minutes if you want to get precise? What I'm looking for, when teams double Donovan, then you would think that Mike Conley would be able to utilize some of his abilities. I'm looking for that comfort zone for yeah. him. just Because when I see him on the court still, I, I think there are still these sort of rush it moments where he just needs to fall into some sort of routine where the comfort level is high. And if that happens, then I think he'll be able to be a real asset for the Jazz. I just don't know. We're hanging out with Dr. Bill Simikoski with Utah Stem Cells. And, and uh, Dr. Simikoski, I know you're a huge sports fan. Give us your Super Bowl winner. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, um, I don't like California teams in general, <laughs> so, um, so you're not, you're I not. cannot root for San Francisco. So I, it's got to be uh, KC, okay. and Mahomes is such an exciting player. It's kind of hard to not root for them, and for Andy Reid, who's yeah. never won a Super Bowl. So that's my pick. That's wishful thinking, but I do think that they actually uh, will win. Uh, I, I think Mahomes is good enough. Their team's good enough to win. Kelsey, fantastic. I think they got a lot of great players. I've got to imagine that most of your most of your clientele are former athletes in one way a lot of them are a lot of them are yes and um and a lot of times the athletes are the ones that hear about prp and stem cells so for instance i was i'm a big mma fan i don't do a lot of mma i'm just now getting my kids into jujitsu and i'm doing that in fact i'm going to jujitsu practice right after this but I'm a big MMA fan. And Joe Rogan, whose, pod, whose podcast I used to listen to a lot when I used to travel, um, he's always talking about PRP and stem cell treatments on joints. So I get a lot of MMA fighters. And as soon as they walk in the door, I can see the cauliflower ears or the, the, the strong necks mm-hmm. and, and, and some of these people. 
And I know right away they saw me, they heard about me on Joe Rogan. Now, Joe Rogan doesn't mention me by name, but he talks about joint regeneration treatments, how well they work on athletes. He's had treatments done on his neck, Dana, Dana White on his neck. He's his dad, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mel Gibson has a famous podcast with his dad on Joe Rogan. Anyways, bottom line is the athletes do hear about these treatments. I, I wish more other people would hear about them. I have a question about the stem sure. cells. It's a, a primary question, but... Maybe some of our listeners wonder, where do they come from? Okay, so there are different sources of stem cells. We talked earlier that some people used to fly to other countries to get embryonic stem cells done because they weren't legal here. But we can get them from the umbilical cord or from the placenta. Umbilical cord has the highest quantity of the best type of stem cells, so that's the premier place to get them from. And you also have your own stem cells. So when I first got my start, the way all doctors did these treatments is we would harvest the bones, the stem cells from your bone marrow or from your fatty tissue. And that works well. However, once we can use stem cells that don't come from you that are not aged, um, they're younger, more potent, more plentiful from the amniotic membrane or or umbilical cord, then the success rates are better. We get better quality, better, the amount of treatments goes down that are required and the um, success rates are better and they're legal and they're plentiful. There's a lot of babies being born here in Utah, as you know. And, um, and it just so happens that the company that I use, that's part of the problem for, for the average person is who do you trust? Where are you going to go to get your stem cells? Well, I use a local company. They're called Utah Cord Bank. They're quite good. Uh, there are other companies that are also good, but I've never found one better than this one. They're not the cheapest, but they're the best. And if people get better results, they're going to be happier. They're going to refer their family. So that's fine with me. But that's a great question. So there are different sources of stem cells, but we use umbilical cord stem cells mostly in our practice. If you've ever had interest in stem cell usage and how it can help your life, go to utahstemcells.com. If you call within the next 24 hours, you're going to get $200 off. That's an offer put out on the table by Dr. Bill Simikoski. That's $200 off. Go to utahstemcells.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Simikoski. Thanks for having me, Hans and Gordon. All right. And speaking of thanks, thanks, Hans, for sitting in for uh, Jake. Are we done? Yeah, we we are done. We have uh, the jazz pregame show coming up. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for having me, Gordon. And if I were going to close the show down, Austin, how, I wonder how I would do that. You know, how, I, I just—I mean, you know this better than I, and probably as an observer right. of me. How how would I go ahead and shut it down for uh, us? Uh, Hans, uh, thanks for joining us today, uh, and our thanks to the listener because we couldn't do it without you here on ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. That's ridiculous. The zone. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>